Hey guys, welcome to The Big Bane Theory. Today's episode is so exciting. I know you guys are going to be invigorated by it because we're talking about sex. Ooh, cue the drama. It's the topic that everybody wants to talk about, but is too afraid to. So scary. I know. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) This might generate some drama in our episode or our podcast. What is it about our society that makes everyone so afraid to talk about sex? Even if you're married and you're having sex, why is everyone so afraid to talk about it? It's like the word, hey, let's talk about sex. Like we whisper it like it's a bad word or something. The culture, for whatever reason, tends to look at it in in almost this, like it's a bad thing. I think religion plays into it a lot, just depending upon what religion you were raised in. A lot of times it's viewed as being really bad and and horrible. And a lot of families don't talk about it in front of their kids, or if they do, they, they whisper as though it's a bad word. So I think it's that type of thing that also helps perpetuate that. Yeah. I know a lot of parents don't say the word sex in front of their kids or even to each other. It's almost like they associate the word sex with like the F word. Like something wrong or yeah. naughty, even though it's uh-huh. not, but it can be naughty. <laughs> you wish. So today we wanted to talk about sex because it is such an important aspect of being married. Now, I definitely want to step up and say it's not the most important thing of a marriage. I'm sure all husbands would disagree. <laughs> But it is an important part, even for me as a female, when I don't have the same sexual drive as a man, I do have to say it is an important part. I just have to remind myself that on the days that I don't want to have sex with you. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I remember asking you that one time after we were done. It's like, have you ever had an orgasm and then afterwards regretted having made that decision? Well, yeah, I get it. But it's also the same thing like... Have you ever cleaned your house and stepped back and thought, oh, this looks so nice. I regret cleaning my house. That is true. It's just sometimes a lot of work or it's sometimes a tedious chore that you don't want to do. Especially for women. I think with men, it's a lot easier for women. It does definitely take some some additional effort. Yeah. So with having sex and being so important in your marriage, it is something that only you and your spouse share. The connection. Yeah, hopefully. The connection that you have When you guys are doing this, making love is unlike any other connection that you'll have with anybody else on this earth. I think that's if you're doing it the way it was meant to be. Many years ago, I remember telling my girlfriends that sex is the number one most important thing in your marriage. You should be having sex with your husband all the time, making sure that he's fully satisfied and blah, blah, blah. And I really think that I lived by that until maybe three years ago or so. And I think TJ and I were sitting down and we were talking about sex and we were also talking about what would happen if something happened to us health-wise or if one of us got paralyzed or really sick where we couldn't, you know, make love anymore. And I think it was that conversation that really sparked in us the importance of loving without expectations which is our episode three. But that really made us realize like sex is a beautiful part of being married, but it's definitely not the end all be all. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. The other thing to add to that is I think it's more about the quality of the sex as opposed to the quantity, because if it's just... Oh, so you're saying we can just do it once a month really, really good and then be (laughs) good? (laughs) No, not at all. 
But I think a lot of times when, with, if there is that expectation that sex is the most important thing and we have to do a lot of it, sometimes it can become a chore and it's just something that you just do to check that box because it is important rather mm-hmm. than really being present. Uh, a, a present experience where you're both there and you're both just connecting. So, Well, and it shouldn't be something that your husband, and I say husband because they're usually the ones who want it more. It shouldn't be something that your husband hangs over your head, you know, yeah. to say that, you know, you guys don't have a good marriage unless you guys have a lot of sex, because that's not necessarily true. I absolutely agree. So having sex, there's a lot of great benefits. One of them is that it builds a strong bond and connection between you and your husband. And like I said before, it is one of those things that only you two do. And so it's it's kind of like that really special and even spiritual, I think, if you know, in our situation, I've, you know, it's been spiritual. And so it's one of those things that you guys share and only you guys share. Yeah. When you think about it, when, if you're doing it right, you're able to both experience orgasm. It it is one of, if not the most pleasurable experiences that you can have. And to be able to experience that together has a, a really strong bonding effect upon the couple as well. So because it is one important aspect of marriage, I have a couple stats for you guys. You guys know I love my stats, my science-based personality. So the average married couple has sex about once a week. And 84% of women say that they have sex to get their husbands to do housework. (laughs) The cat's out of the bag. That's funny. I've actually got a story about that. Years ago, while my wife was in taking a shower one night, I thought it'd be a good idea to to clean up the house and to vacuum. The kids had made a big mess and I I wasn't even thinking about it. So I'm in in the living room vacuuming the floor and the next thing I know, my wife has come out. She's wrapped in just a towel and she is hot in pursuit for some crazy reason. I don't really remember it being that way. From my perspective, I remember coming out of the shower, I had my towel on and I had just kind of peeked outside of our room just to see what you were doing and you were vacuuming. And for some reason, I was like, oh yeah, he's (laughs) vacuuming, it's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, and of course, in my my brain, I thought... I might be onto something here. And so needless to say, I think you vacuumed for every, like every night for the next three months. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I would just plan my, my cleaning adventures around whenever it was you were taking a shower in the hopes that that would happen again. 12% of married couples have not had sex for three months. About 20% of married couples fall into the sexless marriage category which means they have sex less than 10 times a year. And if you guys are one of those couples, I think toward the end, we're going to talk a little bit more about how you can help improve your sex life. And again, not quantity, but quality. Yeah, I think the other thing worth mentioning as well is there is a lot that goes into why couples don't have sex. And there are a lot of traumatic experiences, especially that have happened to women that have caused them to, to really struggle with sex. And so we want to be sensitive with that. Right, right. We definitely do. And we'll go into that um, a little bit later on in this episode. So TJ, since you love sex so much, why don't you talk about some of the benefits of sex? And again, these are science-based benefits. This isn't just, you know, what TJ has told me because he wants me to have sex with him more. <laughs> I research this myself. So the first benefit that we found is that it helps manage stress and can boost your mood. 
And this is due in part to the fact that while having sex, that there are these awesome little chemicals called endorphins and oxytocin that are released that both help deal with anxiety and depression, but oxytocin also helps. It's the bonding hormone. So it also helps you feel closer. Oftentimes, I believe when, when women have babies, right, is, is it be- breastfeeding or there's something else that happens where oxytocin is released that also helps the mother-child bond? I think you're right. I'm not positive, but I think so. Another benefit is it actually helps you sleep better. So the brain releases hormones that can help you sleep. It's true. Because sometimes after we're done, I just want to pass out. And I just used to think it was because I did such an amazing job and it put so much effort into it that no. I was tired afterwards. But it's actually nope, it's hormones. it's just the hormones. <laughs> Damn. Now you know. Most importantly, sex isn't called making love for nothing. Consistent and mutual pleasure in making love builds a strong bond in your relationship. Again, it's thanks to oxytocin, but I think there's a lot more behind it than just a hormone release. Something about being physically close, being emotionally close. It also shows that increased relationship satisfaction is also there when you're fulfilling one another's sexual desires. And maybe that's because of being able to communicate effectively or whatever it is, but it also increases your levels of trust with your spouse and then just a continued level of intimacy, whether that be just holding hands or, or whatever it is. Yeah, I think also to be able to have really good sex, communication is important, but you do have to be vulnerable. You do have to be able to be open. And and so I think that also really ties into higher levels of intimacy as well. Mm -hmm. And trust, quite frankly. So if there are all these benefits to having sex, why aren't we having more of it? I can list off like a bunch of reasons, but I think... Especially once you have kids, the game changes. You're tired all the time. It's like you're serving people all day long. And then you come home and you're supposed to serve your husband at the end of the day. I don't know. There's so many reasons maybe not enjoying sex because you've had a sexual trauma in your life. If you've been molested or had any type of sexual abuse, that plays a great impact into it. I think being raised with it being taboo as well. I know... With a lot of people that I've spoken to, it's almost like their whole life they were taught it was wrong and bad outside of marriage. And there was such so much taboo and guilt and shame connected to that word. And then all of a sudden you get married and it's just magically okay. Well, you get this piece of paper yeah, and then all of a sudden, oh, you can have as much sex as you want. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, whoa, but this thing that's been kind of taboo and weird and bad and wrong my whole life is now all of a sudden okay. And I think the other part too is because of all those things, we don't talk enough about how to have a healthy sexual relationship. And I think women are really afraid to want to have sex. They're afraid to be sexy or they're afraid to be horny or anything like that, which I mean, God created our bodies to be horny certain times of the month, I think from what I've read. And then also from myself, like when my body is ovulating, I feel like I want to have sex more. And I that's just like a natural animal instinct or whatever it is. So all of the shame and guilt that we feel has been society imposed, you know, by whatever institution you want to call well, that. Well, it's a judgment. It goes back to, to high school days where if, if a girl had sex, she was a slut and, and she was bad. But if a guy did it, he was like the coolest dude in school. Yeah, that's so not okay with me. I'm such a feminist. And that is something that makes me so mad. 
like it's wrong for women to want to have an orgasm or to enjoy sex. Yeah. And it's funny because in a lot of instances that carries on even into marriage and even past when, when as grown adults, there's yeah. a lot of women that are like, well, uh, that have this stigma that there's something wrong with enjoying sex. And enjoying that. Yeah, one. well, it means you're a slut. You're a slut yeah. if you enjoy sex or if you initiate it, even with your husband, if you, even if you've had kids together, heaven forbid you initiate it or that you want it. And I tell you, ladies, your husband loves it when you want it or when you initiate it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, if there's one way to make the husband feel just awesome, it's when the wow, when, when oh, you I'm jump sure my bones. Your yeah. self esteem. Oh, right? absolutely. And then I'm sure the opposite. If I'm not wanting to have sex with you or if I deny you or whatever it is, especially all the time, I'm sure that would affect your self esteem. Well, where else can a man go for that sense of validation? And it's not that that's even necessary because it right. shouldn't be, but it is, it does play a part in it. The other thing that I think is, is really, interesting for me as a man is along the subject of women being judged or criticized for wanting to have sex, women have an organ in their body whose the sole purpose of this specific thing is for pleasure. And that's the clitoris. Men don't have, I mean, I guess you could say our penis is just a big, large clitoris. Why don't you tell everybody that I'm the one who told you about that? You didn't even know about that. Not the, the clitoris? clitoris. No, you didn't know that fact. No, you didn't know about that fact. So the fact is, women have that orgasm. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> it's okay. All I'm thinking about is orgasms <laughs> right now. <laughs> women have this organ, the clitoris. I don't even know if organ is the right yeah, word. Probably not organ. No, Appendix? sorry, we are not medical doctors. This thing and the its only purpose is sexual pleasure men don't have anything like that i mean with their penis obviously that can give them pleasure but their penis also does other bodily functions yeah. as well such as reproduction um peeing, peeing urination etc pitching a tent camping mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So I think a lot of the issue, too, is men can have orgasms during sex so much easier than women. 95% of men can have orgasms during sex and only 50 to 70% of women can do that. And so is I think a lot during, of women like sexual intercourse or is that just so that throughout the whole that's just during experience intercourse. OK, so that's like penis in vagina intercourse, yeah. nothing else. And so with that, if you don't know how to communicate to your husband about what you need or what's working, what's not working and you don't have an orgasm. It can be very sexually frustrating. There have been a number of times where TJ didn't do something because I didn't tell him or whatever it was. And he was done and I wasn't. And I felt a little angry or a little sexually frustrated. Yeah. Just being like, oh, I feel so frustrated because it is frustrating. It's just human nature, I think. Well, especially if you put in all that effort. And yeah, there's sometimes nothing... you put in so much work and then you don't get anything out of it. Yeah. <laughs> So this brings up an interesting story, slightly embarrassing at first, but was actually really liberating for me. During the first couple years, well, I guess we should even back up before that. So we didn't necessarily wait till we were married to have sex. And so we, we got started a lot the earlier. Bush? We didn't necessarily wait. No, we had sex before <laughs> we, we were married. We had premarital sex. Dun, and it was dun, awesome dun. and great. But it wasn't that awesome and great. Compared to our sex life, sure. now it's way better. Good point. Back then it was kind of like... It was great for you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, and I think the point I'm trying to get to is because of the way I was brought up and my dad did a really good job of teaching me about the birds and the bees so I could explain what sex was. But in terms of how to have sex, no one had ever really taught me how to effectively 
you know, pleasure a woman, how, how the female body works. And so the only real exposure to that that I ever had was pornography or videos that I had seen or, you know, other people telling stories who probably had no clue either. And so for the first... You probably learned from other teenage boys, which, you know, they no, don't I know really anything. I really didn't have any friends that were having sex. I mean, um, we all talked about it, but, you know, so for the first couple of years in our, in our, while we were having sex, I was still very observant. I was trying to figure out, okay, what is she like? Well, you know, in the videos I'd seen that they like this or that. And so, which those videos are just BS because <laughs> yes, women are, are not BS. like that in real life. But for years, you know, I thought I was, I had all the right moves because my wife was a really good actor and she mm-hmm. loved me and didn't want to hurt my feelings. But I remember, and I even remember bragging to my friends, but one day she mentioned to, you know, she pulled me aside and I could tell she was pretty nervous to have this conversation with me. And she finally told me, you know, honey, I've never really experienced an orgasm with you. And all those times, I mean, these weren't the no, exact I had. words. That's not what I said. You had. What did you say? I said that I had been faking them sometimes. Oh, faking them sometimes. Yeah. It's not that I'd never experienced an orgasm with you. Either way, it was interesting because in one moment, I felt like I had been kicked right in the balls and I was like, oh, but at the same time, it was really enlightening for me because that opened the lines of communication because the whole time I was doing things and then I was watching how she reacted. And if she was responding like she liked it, I thought I was doing the right thing. Well, and there were a lot of things that I didn't like, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. Or there were things that I wish he would do. But then again, I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. So it was all about. Yeah, it it was with good intention. Yeah. But then I would, you know, pretend to make noises or faces or whatever. I mean, the thing is, I still enjoyed it. it wasn't like I didn't enjoy it. it was just I just didn't have an orgasm every single time. And the other thing to talk about, too, is, you know, once we had that conversation, and I think even before, if I didn't have an orgasm, TJ would feel really bad. TJ would feel I'm not kidding, like a failure. I remember having to sit him down and tell him, hun, even if I don't have an orgasm, I still really enjoy it. There's more to it than that. Like the, our connection physically, emotionally. I think it's that's still something that you ha- can struggle with. Because I usually have one every time we have sex, but sometimes I don't. And then sometimes I'm so tired, I don't even care. Yeah. But you will feel so bad the next day. It's not so much that. Again, there, there's still that part of me as a man that's like, I want to feel like I, I, I pleasured my woman and that I did a good job. I think it's also a part of you that's not selfish. You yeah. want to make sure if you're getting something out of it that I get something out of it. So I don't, I don't think you're doing it from like a pride point of view. I think you're doing it from a point of view. You want to make sure that I'm satisfied as well. Yeah. So I think the big takeaway from this is communication is so important. And as part of that as well, and maybe I'm the wrong one to say this, but I think it's important that as a woman that you understand and know your body well, and you know what you like, because if you don't know, how can you communicate that to your spouse? And so I don't think there should be any shame attached to that or guilt. You know, you need to be able to really know what's going to work so that you can tell your husband. And if you can communicate that, it will make a huge impact on your sex life. What do you mean? Do you mean like, masturbating because I don't do that but I know what I like yeah maybe it's not maybe it's not masturbating but pay attention to your body understand you know the parts of your body and and what you enjoy and what you don't like it could it could be something as simple as being kissed on the neck or certain parts of the body but just understand know that much about yourself so that you can then communicate to your spouse I think what you mean is know what you like and then tell your husband what you like because like I said there is no problem with masturbation I 
just don't. It's not my thing. But I do know what I like as far as I love being kissed on the neck. It's like an erogenous spot for me. Yeah. I love, um, I can't even think about what I like. But then I know stuff that TJ likes. TJ like loves making out, which I don't like, <laughs> but I do it for him. Um, and so being able to know what you like and what you don't like so that you can talk about it when you're not having sex, but then also when you are. Like I think if you talk to your spouse outside of when you're having sex, then there's no guilt or anything like that. The other thing I would add is if you can have this conversation about sex with your partner, because of the vulnerability with that comes along with it, I think it can also benefit your communication in other aspects of your marriage as well. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be important to get your perspective. Like how should a wife approach their husband if she needs to talk to him about things that she doesn't like or things that she wants to try out? What would be the way that would least damage your manlyhood? <laughs> if possible. Yeah, our, our ever fragile manliness, Seriously. right? So I think the first thing to understand is that it is going to be difficult for your husband to hear, your boyfriend, whatever, at first, because we are men and we want to be, you know, we have this idea that we should be able to pleasure women. But I think so starting there, understanding th- that it might be a little uncomfortable at first, but it's all about how you go about it. If you're coming from it, from a... I love you. Sex is very important to us. And I want us to have an amazing sex life. And here are some of the things I found that I really, really love that you do. And maybe here are a few other ideas of some things that I don't really love so much, but where you can have that conversation with him about it. And the other part too, is understanding that it might damage his ego a little bit at first. Just be patient. You know, he might get a little offended or he might say, well, Offended, more like butthurt. Butthurt probably is the right word. Because I'm trying to think back to that conversation. When you told me, I remember being like, oh, and I remember like the part of me that was like upset or or hurt was like, well, but it's your fault because you were pretending and Mm -hmm. I was just doing what I thought. And so that may happen. But just understand if you come at it from the, the standpoint that our sex life is really important to us and I want to make sure that it's a great experience for both of us and maybe start with the things that he does that you really, really like first. And then maybe ask him, well, what are the things that I do? So you can ask him, what do you like? But then from there, you can then steer into, you know, here's some of the things that I don't really love etc. I do also want to point out and say from that conversation that we had, gosh, however many years ago, Kaisen's 11, so it was probably like 11 or so years ago, our sex life has increasingly gotten better. And I think it's just because the communication just grows. And so from there, even though you were kind of taken aback and a little butthurt that I told you all that, because you then really did want to satisfy me, we then both worked on different things we could do and try and all that. So I had never used a vibrator, but I think I went to some kind of like sex toy party, you know, the ones that your girlfriends have. And maybe I bought one there or maybe we started talking about it there. And so I was intrigued in getting one. Anyways, when I brought one home and I think I told you I wanted to try it, how did you take that? Like, were you scared that I wasn't going to need you anymore or? (laughs) I think initially there's always that thought, of course, like, oh, I'm not good enough to get the job done. And now you need this little electric device. But the more I thought about it, I realized the goal was for you to really enjoy the experience. And I realized not every time is you going to be able to, to get off by just having sex. And so for me, it was all about you 
being pleasured and being able to accomplish a goal. And so if that was something that could help out, I, I absolutely sign me up. Right. And the thing about not being able to have orgasms too is sometimes it is physical. Well, there's different reasons, but sometimes it is physical. Like sometimes, you know, if you have a vagina or a uterus that's tilted a different way, which a lot of women do, that would be really hard to find the G spot or with your clitoris, like it can be covered, it can be bigger, it can be smaller. And so it may be harder to find or whatever it is. There's also hormonal things too. When you think about it with the woman's body, there are times of the month where it is more sensitive, there's more blood flow and those nerve endings are more, are, are firing quicker. And so it's easier to have an orgasm. Whereas there's parts of the month and even dealing with if you've had a long day or you're emotionally tired, it's just not as easy for a woman to warm up down there as it is for men. I mean, we're pretty much walking boners. It's not hard for us. So some of the stats that I found was that 53% of American women use a vibrator. I don't know if that's specifically during sex or, you know, outside of sex, but more than half of American women have them. So if you're thinking about getting one from someone who never had one to having one, they're awesome. We take it with us wherever we travel. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that's important to mention is your husband can be part of that experience. Oh, absolutely. So it's not like bongs off well, on one side. I don't ever use it of, without you. Yeah, you're not off on one side of the bed with the vibrator while I'm on the other side feeling neglected. Like we, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I, I enjoy I enjoy it just as much as there, she does. You can use it as part of your foreplay yeah. for sure on both people. Yeah, you I know, agree. Just make sure you sanitize it. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about a physical barrier to keep women from having orgasms. Another barrier would be the emotional side, which could either be temporary as far as you're just tired, you've had a long day, or just recently you're like that, or it can be from sexual trauma from something that has happened to you. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't deserve what happened to you, but you do deserve to have a healthy sex life. And if that's something that's staying in the way of that, then there is help out there and you can, you know, you can heal from that and be able to have that great sex life with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And also, if you haven't told your husband that this has happened to you or vice versa, I don't want to just assume that it's just women. But if you haven't told your spouse that this has happened to you and they don't know, I would really, really recommend talking to them about it. Sometimes it's so nice to just to be able to say it out loud because there is a lot of shame with that, you know, feeling like it was your fault somehow, or there's just, there's so much guilt and psychological damage that it can cause. But if you haven't told your spouse, this is the perfect time because communicating in a marriage, but also in sex is really important. Yeah, I agree. For me, I remember when, when that first came out, obviously as a husband, and I as was a man, embarrassed to tell you. You were embarrassed. But then there was that part of me that was like, who was it? Who was it? I'll kill him. You know, because there's that part like, that's my wife. But I realized it wasn't about that. And my heart broke for you because I realized that was a, an experience that something that had happened to you that had really affected you. And so I think being able just to stand by and I never asked you who it was. I never asked you for details. I allowed you to share and still do what it is, you know, however much you want to share with me or whatever you want to share. But I just I, I love you through it and support you through and understand it's something that you've got to heal from and you've you've done an amazing well, and you job don't take offense if something happens while we're having sex and oh, yeah. i get a flashback i'm like whoa, whoa we gotta stop you don't take offense you don't take that personally like i did something wrong you're yeah. just like okay 
But it's, and then, it's helped because you did tell me because yeah. otherwise, if, if I didn't know, it, it may have been different. But that's even happened pretty recently. There's there's certain ways that, you you know, you don't like yeah. to be touched or certain places. And it's because of that. And so yeah. being able to communicate that. I think one other area, not necessarily on the topic of being molested, but going back to the what we were talking about a little bit earlier about why aren't we enjoying it a little bit more or why are we afraid? I think another aspect of it that can help is being vulnerable. And this, again, this ties into communication and everything else, but being vulnerable with your spouse within in intimacy is very important. And talking about and trying new things, I think is, can be another thing to really help spice things up. But it has to be something that you both want to try. Exactly. Because I know some wives get pressured into doing things they don't want to do. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's usually the men that are pressuring the wife. So it has to be something you both want to try. Otherwise, what's the point? Because you're not going to enjoy it. Well, and it's uh, the way that I think about it. And this is really what changed for me because growing up, I used to think of sex. It was an expression of lust. It was like, oh, I'm going to have sex with her. Or, well, that's because how it's portrayed in movies and everything. Yeah. Like it's all just about the orgasm and it's about having sex. But now I look at it as an expression of love. And that was a big shift. And it sound it might sound crazy to a lot of people, but for me to make that that shift and, and look at it as an expression of love, that changed the way that we communicate. It changed the way I engage with it because now it's not about, you know, oh, you make me so horny. I want to have sex with you. It's like <laughs> sometimes ah. it's like <laughs> now, that is true. Well, I mean, if you all those of you who know bong and have seen her you can understand why oh whatever geez i'm having a hard time even right now i'm like across the <laughs> table like i want to pounce you that being said it's become more about love and and i think when it comes to communication and we're going to do a whole episode on this as it relates to talking to our kids about sex but really teaching them that sex is an expression of love and when done right it can be way better the experience will be much better than it could ever be when it's just done as an expression of lust. So along those lines, there is a huge difference between affection and sex. And I think a lot of times men don't know what the difference is. Um, We're such cavemen sometimes. Really, you really are. But that's going to be another episode. But we want to talk about the difference between affection and sex. And this mainly will be aimed toward the men because sometimes, you know, we wives just want a back rub and not have that lead to sex. But like anytime you guys touch us, you guys think you have to have sex oh, with us. don't pretend like you don't do that to me. I don't. You're always doing that to me. Whatever. I'm going to edit that part out. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. This is all about being honest though, honey. I know. So for our challenge of the week, obviously it's going to revolve around S-E-X, sex. We want to help improve your sex life. Now this doesn't mean quantity. It doesn't mean if you're having sex once a week to have sex twice a week. What we want it to mean is to improve the quality of your sex, to sit down, talk with your spouse, set a dedicated time, say, hey, hun, tonight after we put the kids to bed, can we sit down and just talk about sex? And you know, your husband's eyes are going to just pop right <laughs> wide open. He's going to be all excited. The best day of his week. <laughs> and then just talk about it. Just say, hey, you know, I really want us to have a really great sex life. I think we can improve a little bit. And then just talk about it and just, you know, let him know that you love him. And, you know, men are so sensitive about this stuff. So just speak to him like a child. <laughs> yeah. And to my earlier point, I really want us to have an amazing sex life. And here are the things that you do that I really like. Here's some things, you know, obviously be, be gentle. The other part about Wait, it too. Wait, with sex or with Not with, with the emotions. sex, with the conversation. <laughs> 
Just my, think, my mind was in the gutter, guys. Yeah. The other thing to add to that as well is part of that, I think even setting up a time each week where, where you have sex, where you have sex. Mm-hmm. And I know initially that sounds weird, like, oh, we're going to plan this out and it takes away the spontaneity. But as you think about it, if you are parents and you have other responsibilities, that can be hard. And so if you were to well, say- Well, it doesn't need to be a specific time, like Monday from 7.30 to 7. 7- 35. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is like a night, like for us, like Wednesday's hump day. We always, or Sunday I always or whatever. like to have sex with TJ on Sunday nights because he's starting the work week with Monday, you know, Monday and Mondays are always really busy work week. So I always like to give him like that surge like of confidence. No, I really do. Yeah. And then middle of the week and then sometimes if we just get a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. But again, I think it's just setting that time aside and, and I, you're husband will really appreciate this. And I think you'll find by doing this that he might actually start helping out in other ways that he hadn't been helping prior to that. Yeah, I feel like you can't help but subconsciously when you're being satisfied, you can't help but want to satisfy the other person, not just sexually, but helping them out in whatever way that they need as well. To wrap up the challenge of the week, set aside some time to sit down with your spouse, have a conversation with them about your sex life and and some areas that you're really happy about and some areas you think you could improve and then set a time each week, not necessarily an exact time, but set a day or a night each week dedicated to you and your husband just spending that time being intimate with each other. And just something that I was thinking about was, man, what if this was the last time you ever got to make love to your spouse? What if they were to die tomorrow and the last time you had sex was just like, eh? You know, I'm not saying every time has to be amazing. Every time is not amazing with us. And TJ struggles with that sometimes. But the next time you guys have sex for the challenge of the week, imagine if this was the last time and it will like, dramatically change the way you have sex that night or the way you make love because it really will be about making love. We hope you learned something about sex this episode and we hope we didn't gross you out with our little perverted comments here and there. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Sorry, Cindy. (laughs) It's not my fault. We've only had sex three times. Only three times for our three kids. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you guys can take some of this information and help improve your own sex life. If you guys like this episode, please leave us a review. It really helps us grow and reach out to more people. Have a great week. Have a sexy week. Yes. Yes.